You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Green Bay Packers don't look as good as their 4-1 record suggests, but it's still so hard for me to predict a Chicago Bears victory anytime Aaron Rodgers is lining up under center on the other side of the field. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook, join the Locked On Bears Facebook group, and make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thank you for making Locked On Bears your first listen every single day. We're here for you five days a week, and on today's podcast, it is Crossover Thursday, our weekly crossover podcast with our friends on the Locked On Podcast Network for the Bears opponent each and every week. Today, it's Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers, a man a lot of you listeners of this podcast love to hate, but I do my best to try and keep Peter in check a little bit on these crossovers, and I think he's got a, a pretty realistic grasp of where the Packers are at this stage and, and honestly where the Bears are. And so we'll go through some of the different matchups in this game. We'll, we'll get some intel on what Green Bay's got going injury-wise on their offensive line and on defense and where some of those deficiencies might lie and what we should still definitely be keeping our eyes on on Sunday. A lot to get through here with Peter. It's a little bit of a slightly longer podcast than we normally go, so let's jump right in. Welcome into this crossover Thursday, Locked on Bears, Locked on Packers divisional crossover. Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears alongside Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers. Getting ready for what I think is going to be, I mean, they're always fun Bears-Packers matchups, but this one for me in particular carries something a little bit more here when you've got Everything going on with Justin Fields and, of course, sort of the back and forth with Matt Nagy and the ups and downs of this Bears team and some ups and downs of this Packers team, too. And I think there's what feels like a lot of unknowns coming into this matchup. Peter, thanks so much for joining us today. I guess where's your sort of where's your confidence level right now in Green Bay? I mean, they're they are four and one, but they've had some bumps along the way and, and maybe hasn't necessarily played a bunch of top contending teams on the schedule. Yeah, it's uh, it has been an uneven season, to be sure. And what is what has been modus operandi for me and a lot of people who cover this team is is to take a lot of the things that we look at and just say, okay, since week one, what has happened? Because week one was so far outside of anything that we have seen since it it resembles nothing like we saw last year. And so I, I am inclined to just say, okay, that was that was preseason week four. We're gonna throw that out. This is the this is the Jaguars beating the Colts in week one last year. Um, I believe they haven't won a game since that game. The Jaguars haven't. So it's one of those things where it's just like, that's going to seem really weird for a long time. It's going to pull down all of their statistics all season. And you're seeing it already, even after four more games. Um, but th this, this Packers team has not like fully come back. It's not like they're the team that we expected to see coming in. And that's the weird part. And, and what I think we have to build into all of this is, they they haven't played their best football and and with as banged up as they are um when can they do that and how many wins can they bank before that is is really going to define their season i think 
Yeah, you talk about the injuries there. I mean, there's a lot of places we could go to that, but I, I want to start with the Packers' offensive line in particular because I know that one's been a little bit more fluid. You know, like Zadarius Smith is on IR. Some of those some of those injuries are a little bit more, I guess, not permanent, but a little bit more long-term at this stage. Mm-hmm. Where, where do things stand on Green Bay's offensive line with some of those guys coming in and out of lineups? And I guess same sort of thing. What, what's your level of concern there? Well, David Bakhtiari is still on um, IR. He was, um, you know, was was physically unable to perform. You know, started on POP and all those things. So it takes six weeks at least before he can he can come back, and then they have to make a decision on whether or not uh, he can play. There's a window for that. Um, that clock has not yet started, so he's not he's not going to be the left tackle for the Green Bay Packers this week. We know that for sure. Beyond that, a lot of questions on the left side because when when David Bakhtiari got hurt. Um, coming into the season anyway, the idea was Elton Jenkins was going to play left tackle. And and he did that. He looked really good until he got hurt. And then it became, okay, now it's a third string left tackle out there. Um, Yash Nijman, I guess, technically second string. But but Elton Jenkins was the preferred backup left tackle, right? And then um, Lucas Patrick lost his job at left guard to John Runyon Jr., that was nip and tuck in the preseason and training camp. So that, you know, I don't, I don't consider him a backup per se. Um, and then the rookie Josh Myers, who had played really well to start the season. Um, he got hurt for the Bengals game. He is back practicing um, practice yesterday. Elton Jenkins, who practiced in limited fashion all of last week was at practice yesterday. So those are, those are two injuries to keep an eye on. If they do come back, that is going to be as solidified as their offensive line could possibly be for this game given given David Bakhtiari's health and I think that changes so much and and we can talk about that but but I think it changes so much for what this offense wants to be and has fundamentally altered their approach in basically all of these games so far well you're not going to get too much sympathy from Bears fans for injuries at offensive <laughs> tackle and we'll, we'll we'll get to that coming up here in, in a little bit here but uh, one last thing on this Packers offense uh, how how have they been able to keep Devonte Adams producing at such a high level when it, it feels like he's kind of not the only thing in the Packers offense, but it, it has they've really sort of funneled as much as they can through him. How do they how do they keep him fresh and, and open and keep teams from just like you know double teaming him and trying to shut him down and force everything else going? And then how have the Packers offense been able to function with? I mean, obviously you know there's Cobb and there's Big Bob Tiny. There's there's guys there, but there's not really that dynamic threat other than Devonte right. Adams. How do they do that? No, you're right. Um, Devontae Adams is really good and Aaron Rodgers is really good. And so they, they have been dealing with this for a couple years now. I mean, you go back to 2019, they, they have been dealing with cloud coverages and brackets and doubles and, and soft doubles and, and all of these things for a number of years now. And, and they just have the answers by and large. Um, and, and some of it is play him more in the slot, but to, to give your audience a bit of, of an understanding of just how incredible um, his target share is. He's on a historic pace in terms of target share. He leads the league in yards per route run, leads the league in targets, despite the fact that he has run in the mid-20s in terms of total routes. I mean, that's, that is absurd. He's number one in targets, number one in target share at almost 38%, leads the league in air yards, he uh, leads the league in target share, which I said, leads the league in receptions, leads the league in receiving yards, and in completed air yards. So it's not just after the catch. They are pushing the ball with him down the field. And I think that's the thing, Lauren, that Chicago is going to have to be most concerned about. Because underneath, Devontae is basically unstoppable. 
on little inbreakers, those slants, those glance routes, those bang eights. You're just, unless you have three guys basically over there, it, it doesn't matter because of the pinpoint accuracy that Rodgers can play with and the ability for Devontae to win on the release. You're not going to press him. And then if you're, if you're playing him one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, he can either beat you over the top or they can throw that back shoulder. So it's, it's really hard to contain him. What they've done consistently though, is they've hit big plays. And against the Bengals, they hit that 59-yarder on the stutter go that he ran. They run these concepts where you've got, sometimes they use him as a decoy. So they hit this, this big play a couple weeks ago when Marquez Valdez-Scantling was hurt. He runs the post because Devontae runs the dig, and the safety cuts the dig, and now you've got the post in behind. So if you're going to play quarters, Sean Desai wants to play some quarters. Um, they, they have a lot of answers to beat those kinds of defenses. It happens to be the kind of defense that they also play. So give the ball to your best player. They found a way to do that. And unless and until someone stops it, it has to be seen as sustainable. These guys are just playing at that kind of level right now. What about this Green Bay defense? It's, it's, not, a, it's not a group that, especially with a couple injuries there in the secondary and at, at the edge rusher spot, it doesn't, doesn't carry a lot of the same cachet in terms of like, household names that, you know, Bears fans that haven't paid much attention to Green Bay. You, you look over the, the <laughs> roster, and you obviously recognize Adrian Amos, but, you know, Preston Smith is obviously a, a solid pass rusher, but it, it feels like they're missing a little bit something there. And, and defensively, they've they've given up some big points and had games be a little bit closer than maybe you'd think against a team like Cincinnati, for example, that the Bears beat, or, you know, obviously going back and forth there with, with San Francisco and Pittsburgh. Uh, where is it? How much of that is scheme? How much of it is talent? And, and what, what are you sort of expecting from that group on Sunday? So here's the thing. Remember what I said about everything since week one? <laughs> uh, since week one, this defense is 12th in EPA per play. And they're eighth against the pass in EPA per play. Um, early in the season, they were not generating much pass rush. Uh, even with Zadarius Smith playing in week one, Kenny Clark has been playing at a Pro Bowl level, if not an all-pro level. Been one of the best interior players in the league. He is the only interior defender in the top 10 in pass rush win weight and run stop win rate. Um, overall, this team went from the mid to low 20s in pass rush win rate to their 11th right now and their 10th in run stop win rate. So they've they've made some changes under Joe Barry. They play some more tight fronts, things that the Bears fans are going to be familiar with. Um, they have they have been uh, rejuvenated. I don't even know if you can say rejuvenated because in order to be rejuvenated, you need to have been juvenated at one point. <laughs> but at linebacker, Devondre Campbell is playing at a level that we have not seen a linebacker play in Green Bay for a very, very long time. Maybe like there was a year stretch where Desmond Bishop was a heat-seeking missile and they won the Super Bowl. Like That's the level. Devondre Campbell has been... I mean, he's, I think he's a top five PFF graded linebacker overall. He's top five in coverage grade, top five in, in run, run grade. So there, there are not many players that can say that he's been playing at, at an elite level. And then behind them, they have a very good safety duo. Bears fans know about Adrian Amos. Darnell Savage was a fingernail away from that 70 yard touchdown to Jamar Chase. And frankly, and I'm sure he would tell you this, he misplayed that pass because Joe Burrow his arm is not like other people's arms. That ball hung and hung and hung in the air and he dove and he didn't really need to. He could have, I think, almost reached out and just sort of grabbed it, but that's neither here nor there. He didn't make that play. Um, he is a very good player too, was still flying around the field against the Bengals. The question is that corner, right? Um, with, with Jair Alexander on IR, they're, they're waiting and seeing on that shoulder injury. Kevin King is also hurt. He's got a soldier, shoulder injury 
I'm, I think I've just got Soldier Field on the brain, Lauren. <laughs> He's got a shoulder injury. Um, I don't expect him to play. They brought in Russell Douglas and Quentin Dunbar. Quentin Dunbar has a history with Joe Barry. They played in Washington together. And then Eric Stokes has been outstanding. For everything that Jalen Johnson was for the Bears last year as a rookie, Eric Stokes has been that this year. He, he runs a 4-2-8-40, a 43-inch vertical jump, and that explosiveness plays out on the field. Um, he consistently contests at the catch point. And uh, he has the the underlying numbers are really good for him as well, despite being a highly targeted corner. So he's not a ball hawk yet, but against someone like Darnell Mooney, who can run by most guys, that's not happening with 21 in in white this week. So uh, it's a very interesting matchup to see how the Packers, who matched up Stokes on Jamar Chase for a lot of the game against Cincinnati, and he played Chase really well. Um, I'm interested to see if they do that with Allen Robinson this week, or if they say. No, we're just going to play sides if they feel comfortable with Russell Douglas, who's a bigger body, Quentin Dunbar, if he can get up to speed, he's a bigger body. So uh, we'll see what the secondary looks like. But this defense quietly playing playing good football and and Matt LaFleur called it the best defensive performance of the season last week. I think that's right. Wow. We'll definitely get into some of these different uh matchups with these two teams and, and flip the switch here and, and have a look at what the Packers are going to see from Chicago when we come back right here on this crossover Thursday, locked on Bears, locked on Packers. A lot of different moving parts in these NFC North matchups, and nobody knows more about moving parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle, from the complicated stuff like fuel pump assemblies and engine control modules to easy stuff like motor oil, tail, tail lamps, new carpet, you name it. They've got it at rockauto.com. Their catalog is super deep, but it's really easy to navigate. You just enter in your car's make and model and then quickly sort between all the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Those prices are particularly important because rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They don't have different price tiers if you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts somewhere else. Head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, write the words locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com What a transition, Lauren. That was, that was, that's why they pay you the big bucks. That was tremendous. I was just like, I, I, I gave you the, like the stink face on that. Cause I, I just wonderful. I loved it. So <laughs> let's talk about this bears team, uh, because this offense, not, a, not a lot to love right now. Uh, this is, uh, via Kevin Fishbane over the athletic. They are right now last in yards per game on offense, last in yards per play, last in yards per pass, last in sacks per pass and third last in points per game. So, Lauren, say something nice about this Bears offense. Well, in some ways, like you talked about with the Packers offense since week one, a lot has changed for the Bears since they made the change at quarterback. That you know, mm -hmm. Justin Fields leads all quarterbacks in highest percentage of throws 20-plus yards downfield, and Andy Dalton had zero. So they went from literally the fewest deep <laughs> shots to the most deep shots with a different quarterback. So, some, I mean, the Bears offense has definitely been muted, right? When you when you put in a rookie quarterback, first of all, against Cleveland in his first start against Clowney and Garrett with a game plan that was not prepared to block those kind of edge rushers, it was yeah, a disaster. 
I mean, yeah, it was it was a nightmare start for him. And so since then, they played really well against the Lions and, and put some things together against the Raiders and got back-to-back wins, albeit maybe not contending teams that have some real issues maybe going on behind the scenes with at least one, at least one of those with the whole mm. Gruden thing. We didn't, we didn't fully know at the time, but clearly there was more going on on that sideline than we knew about. So right, it's, it's cautious optimism that those were steps forward. But this is also a Bears offense that is just going to be conservative right now. They are a running first team. They're not going to put up a ton of yards. They're not trying to put up a ton of points. They're just trying to put up one more point than the opposing defense and the the opposing team. So like, it's not going to be this big explosive thing. It's just sort of about making things a little bit easy on fields, taking some of the pressure off of him, putting the ground game, work some play action off of that and try and give him some time to throw with some six and seven man protections, you know, some max protect deep shots and hopefully get some explosive plays in there to sort of counterbalance the running game and maybe open things up in the running game and and live on that sort of symbiotic relationship between big play and controlling the clock. What is interesting to me is um, Bill Lazor has, has taken over this offense and I'm, I'm getting a very strange feeling of deja vu because they, they did this already with Bill Lazor and gave him the keys to the offense. And then Matt Nagy was like, well, that worked. Let's stop doing that. So I'm not going to ask you why that happened because I, I don't know that even Matt Nagy has a good answer for that. But how is it going to be different? How do you how do you see this offense evolving thanks to some of the changes Bill Lazor has made? Because th- there is something that stands out to me in both cases. The running game got significantly better both times Bill Lazor took over play calling. And even without David Montgomery and, and without studs along the offensive line, someone like Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams, they go out and they have a really nice day on the ground last week. So what what is working there? It's a combination of things. First of all, I think that week, that game last week was the first time the Bears had two running backs with over 15 carries in the same game since like 2010. I think it was like Matt Forte and Chester Taylor. It was the last time it was a Bears backfield. Fun to win, Lauren. That's That's the plan. 30 carries. Let's get there. Well, you know, that's... If you're, if you're ahead on the scoreboard, then, of course, you want to get to 30 carries. And that was the key against the Raiders is they scored two touchdowns in that first half and their defense was holding Las Vegas to a field goal. And so, well, you got a two-possession lead, just just run the ball. And they were getting four to five to six yards a carry on those handoffs, so there was no reason not to. Like, as much as it's like it's not the most efficient offense to be so run game reliant, the, the whole point was that they had a lead, so they didn't need to open things up in the passing game. And that, that was true against Detroit, too. They've been a team that has been able to play from ahead with some early success in against Detroit and against the Raiders. But the, the difference with Laser, to get back to your point here, some of it's more of a commitment to the running game, but it's it's more of a an offensive identity thing, too. So Nagy was always very quick to abandon the run if it stopped working. And, or, or, you know, the second quarter, he'd just get really super pass-heavy, and it, it would end up hurting sort of some of that offensive rhythm. But the other thing that Laser will do with it is it's much more built into the rest of the offense. So they'll really get heavy with two or three tight ends. They've been bringing in Alex Bars, a backup offensive lineman, as an extra tight end, extra offensive lineman, even putting him in motion sometimes just to you know get, show different I looks to the that. defense. And it's like, then they'll build play action off of that. And then they'll take those same heavy personnels and spread you out into five, like a five wide spread look, but still with you know two running backs or two tight ends on the field, right? So it's like, it, all of a sudden there's more of a rhyme and a reason to like why they're running the ball or in certain running plays that the play action will actually match the running play instead of just like a token shotgun play action where it's not really a real they're not run blocking it's not really a, a real right. threat it just it just felt like for Nagy the running game and the play action off of that was always a little bit more like 
show as opposed to like something they really intended and wanted to be a part of their offense. And so then when you build some deep shots and some max protection off of that, that's sort of where Bill Lazor has kind of found like a staple and then just adding little dressing to that, that sort of under center power running, I guess it's zone running, but under center physical running of this Bears offense. This is something that, that you and I have talked about a number of times over the years, and that is the Matt Nagy offense has always, to me, looked like an, an assembly line of plays rather than an offense. It has never looked like a cohesive offense. And and at first it was, well, that's Mitch Trubisky's fault. And at a certain point, it's not Mitch Trubisky's fault when it's still happening with Nick Foles, when it's still happening with Andy Dalton. And now it looks like a real offense. It looks like there is an intention to every play that is called. And, you know, they're, they're, they're playing to... to uh, Justin Fields strengths a little bit more. I, I think that that is something that that certainly with the way their defense is playing, and I want to get to that next, that you hit a couple shots, run the ball and and don't turn the ball over. I mean, that's a that's you can win eight, nine games playing that way. And and even with a rookie quarterback, let's let's flip to that side of the ball, because a lot of the names pretty familiar. Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, um, Jalen Johnson quickly became a familiar name. Eddie Jackson. Uh, but the defensive coordinator is new, Sean Desai, and and he is, uh, by all accounts, a rising star in the league. How how can we expect to see differences in this defense, even though a lot of the personnel is similar? Yeah, so it's definitely it's it's different from the Chuck Pagano defense, but the whole point is to get back to the Vic Fangio defense. So it's right. it's different in a familiar way. You know, it's kind of getting back to some of that <laughs> same stuff. But you touched on it briefly earlier. I mean, they are really back to as much of a two-deep shell pre-snap as possible. They'll, they'll rotate one down quite a bit and still play single-deep coverages, but they always want to have that back-end protection or at least show quite a bit of that back-end protection. And then a lot of times, if they're showing a single-deep, they will roll back to two-deep coverages. And they've, they've built in a lot of different sort of pattern match reads to to minimize some of the negative matchups that you can get out of some of these formations so that if, you know, if, if you've got Devontae Adams as the inside slot receiver to a three receiver side, a lot of times you're going to get that matchup on a linebacker. And even, even Roquan Smith is not going to be able to keep up with, with Devontae Adams. We saw Danny Trevathan get burned by Devontae Adams a couple of years ago in a, in a pretty big way that sticks out in my mind. And so they've got, you know, different reads and checks built in where, you know, the safety will come down and poach that out of quarters if there's only a single receiver to that side. Or, or sometimes their cover three will roll that safety down and have a read with the linebacker too. So linebacker might take the flat or stay in the middle depending on what routes the opposing offenses are going to run. So there's there's some different sort of checks built in there that you can rely on when you have a linebacker like Roquan Smith that's been in the system and a safety like Eddie Jackson that's been in the system. And it's supposed to sort of make some things then easier on the cornerbacks on the outside and simplify some of their responsibilities. Sometimes everyone else is in zone and Jalen Johnson is just in man on the backside. So it's it's a lot of you know split coverage concepts where the both sides of the fields look different and sometimes you're man matching and sometimes you're zone matching. And it's all supposed to make things very complicated for the opposing quarterback. And then and then you just sort of add in the the sort of Fangio staple of we're, we're not going to put very many guys in the box. We're just going to dare you to kind of run on us a little bit. And certainly they don't want to give up 10 yards a run, but they can live with three or four yards on first down and, and trust that if they could take away some of the deep shots, you're just going to try and have to dink and dunk your way downfield and hope that you're probably going to make a mistake where the pass rush is going to be able to get home and get a sack in there or somewhere along the lines. It's really hard to consistently drive down the field with a bunch of short plays and trust that you're not going to be able to do that enough to, to beat this defense more often than not. And especially they have been strong in the red zone this season too, because the Lions move the ball on them pretty well with Jared Goff in between the twenties, but they, they really clamp down when you get up and close to the goal line. And, and that's what I'm expecting to see more of this week. Yeah. They're, they're uh, still, despite all of those light boxes, 11th in, in run defense DVOA. Um, what I'm, what I'm 
really, I think, focused on this week for the for this Bears defense in the matchup with the Packers offense is the pass rush because they lead the league in sacks, but they are not a heavy blitz team. I mean, under it's under 20%, I believe, in terms of blitz rate. Um, and so they're not bringing extra pressure, probably unless it's third down or like, you know, the the occasional run blitz. But they're saying we can get to you with four. And and by and large, they can uh, because Khalil Mack is back to being an ass kicker. And Akeem Hicks has always been one. And Robert Quinn is, is a really good player. So uh, do you think in this game that they'll continue to just say, we're going to we're going to rush four. We're going to drop our seven. We're going to play our two shell and you're not going to be as deep. If you can run the ball on us, God bless you, but we're not going to let you create plays down the field with Devontae. And we think in enough of these situations, we can get pressure to, to make things difficult for you. Yeah, that's the game plan 100%. And I think where that hasn't worked for the Bears is when they've missed tackles and they've missed far too many tackles. And Eddie Jackson's been a, an issue there. The cornerback spots, not named Jalen Johnson, have been some issues there. Even Roquan Smith and Alec Ogletree, the other linebacker. And now Danny Trevathan's back from injury and kind of rotating in. So they're doing this three linebacker thing. But I will say too, Desai has gone to more of a, a lot more dime packages with three safeties and being a lot more creative with where he's going to let Eddie Jackson roam a little bit, especially on the backside of coverages where maybe he's not as directly responsible for a, a receiver. And so I would expect a, a lot of that. I would say too, that Hicks is, is been injured a lot lately and has not played the last couple of games. Eddie Goldman has kind of been in and out of the lineup too, but they've gotten a lot of great success from the different rotational guys up on that defensive line that they've allowed them to stay flexible. And one of the big things Sean Desai has been doing that Chuck Pagano didn't do as much is moving his pass rushers around. So they'll show a lot of different weird fronts and different, you know, they'll show a lot of blitz and not bring much blitz when they do show it, but they'll put Eddie Jackson up on the line of scrimmage. They'll put the two defensive ends, Quinn and Mack together on one side and run stunts with them, or they'll go, you know, three defensive Defensive linemen all to one side and the edge rushers on the other side and really challenge the things a little bit more from a protection standpoint. It's not challenging you because there's too many rushers for you to pick up, but it's just, okay, which which side are you going to slide to? Are you going to slide towards the one where Khalil Mack's one-on-one -on -one with your backup left tackle, or are you going to slide to the side where there's three or four pass rushers lined up and try and make you pick your poison in a more difficult way? Well, and then, of course, bring pressure the opposite way. you always playing with the rules. Okay, we think you're going to slide left, which means we're actually not going to be coming with extra men on the left. We're coming on the right or whatever it is. And so um, I, I have been, I've been very impressed with what I've seen so far from this defense. I mean, outside of week one, right? This is, this is the game we're going to play uh, this whole time. Uh, they give up 17 to the Bengals. They give up 14 to the Lions and nine to the Raiders. Now the Browns game a little weird, but part of that is because their offense was a complete disaster. Um, and, and they and, were solid and just, for the first three quarters of that game. They'd given right. up maybe six points, and then it wasn't until the offense couldn't hold up, and then the dam kind of broke. Right, exactly. And so this defense, I think, is is going to have a lot to say about the outcome of this game, without question. And uh, you know, you you worry a little bit less about the offense. The question is, with Aaron Rodgers, with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, and if this offensive line gets healthy, is is that defense going to hold up in a way that it did against these other teams? I don't know. We'll see. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we do, let's have some fun by putting our money where our mouth is with Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all of your pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface. That means more odds, more props, more contests. They are your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. You put money in. Use the promo code locked on. They give you money back. Pretty amazing. Not something that, that sports books are wont to do. Just give you money, and they will do that. Football, boxing, basketball, 
and your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, Peter, when you look at this matchup, Bears and Packers, what stands out to you as, as the, I don't want to say the X factor, but where, where are you seeing this game decided? Is it purely is it purely in the trenches with these pass versus the offensive line, or are both of these secondaries have similar concerns too in terms of you know, cornerbacks and, and maybe having one solid young guy and some real questions around them? Yeah. Where, where do you think this, what do you think this game hinges on? Well, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that, right, because both both secondaries are are uh, similar in that the safeties you probably feel pretty good about in pass coverage and the corners you have some questions about right now obviously Jalen Johnson is on a different level than Eric Stokes at this point in terms of what he's proven in the league but beyond that some questions about depth the difference is one of those defenses is facing Justin Fields and one of those defenses facing Aaron Rodgers so that's an X factor in that way where it's like okay they have these similar potential weaknesses but the degree to which their opponent can take advantage of those weaknesses is not the same. I think when you look at it um, in the trenches, that was the, the first thing you mentioned. And, and that is, you know, we did, we do our question of the week here on locked on. That was my question of the week. Can the Packers protect Aaron Rodgers? And I said this on Twitter, if the Packers protect Aaron Rodgers, they win that. I, I think like, to me, it is that simple. And, and if they can't, that becomes then a problem. Um, because I don't expect the Bears to to come out and score 30 points in this game. That's not how you're going to win. That's not how they're going to win this season. I mean, eventually that can be because Justin Fields can be that kind of dynamic playmaker, but they're just not there yet. Not with this offensive line, not with the injuries that they have, and and not with, you know, Bill Lazor has been better than Matt Nagy, but probably not with his infrastructure, let's say. Um, so to me, that is, that is the key. Uh, I don't think the defense for the Packers is going to hemorrhage points. But it's going to be, okay, if if this Bears team is terrorizing Aaron Rodgers and it's a 17-14 game, that's the kind of game that Chicago can win. And if you go back and look at historically in the Aaron Rodgers era, essentially every game that the Bears have won, it's been under 25 points. Um, it's It's been low-scoring slogs. And in, in the rain, you know, the, the Thanksgiving where they're retiring Bart Starr's number, and and Jay Cutler goes in and gets a win. Like it's those kinds of games where it's just ugly, grinded out kind of stuff. If the Packers can protect and getting their guys healthy, I think that's that's the essential thing for them. That was the that was the same conversation I had last week with your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders in that Bears Raiders matchup. It was well, if the Raiders can protect Derek Carr, their offensive line was struggling too. It felt like that you know with their weapons with Rugs and and Darren Waller that oh yeah well they should be able to put those points on the Bears so that I and they couldn't. But but of course Rodgers is. Not Derek Carr, right? and that's and Rodgers can do a little bit more to help his offensive line than than Derek Carr could. But that was the thing: Carr kept holding onto the ball for way too long in that game, and, and so many of those sacks—they're not coverage sacks that the Bears are getting, but they're they're more than three seconds into the play. It's not necessarily the pass rusher's first move. It's not six seconds right. where the quarterback's just waiting all day back there, but it's the quarterback has time to go up through a couple spots of his progressions, and then the pass rush gets home. And I think I'm curious to see how quickly Aaron Rodgers gets rid of the ball because it, it felt. 
it felt like in matchups in the past between the Bears and the Packers. I can think back to, I don't remember which of the week one, they did back-to-back seasons in week one. I don't remember which one, but one of those games, Rodgers just came out and it was the quick passing offense up and down the field and the Bears pass rush couldn't touch him and the secondary couldn't keep up and it felt like the Bears had no answers to slowing down that Packers offense. And that's what I'm worried a little bit in terms of not the Bears pass rush not being good enough, but the Packers just being able to find ways to neutralize it. And that's been something that they have done, you know, is against San Francisco. It was that it was okay. They're just going to, it's going to be three-step drops and, and even some, some zero step drops, you know, pre-snap RPO. Okay. Are the corners off to the, to the um, two by one side? Okay. Then it's a, it's a receiver screen to that side and let Devonte Adams go break someone's ankles like that. Those kinds of things I think will certainly be part of the plan this week um, for, for you offensively with Chicago, if the bears have to get to, let's say 24, what is the path for them to getting there? It's wow throws from Justin Fields. And and we've seen a couple of those every game where he's going to he's going to hit somebody on a, a tough corner route to the sideline in between, you know, an underneath cornerback and over enough safety where the where the coverage is collapsing in and he just he hits some window that it's not even like you can't even just say it's rookie luck because I mean it it is open but it's it's so barely open and it's just perfect timing but he has to have the time for those throws to be able to to step up in the pocket and step in and deliver because as a rookie his footwork is still a work in progress and you can really see it when he misses a pass that he's not supposed to you can go back and watch his feet and he'll be slightly off balance or he'll be taking too many steps or he'll do a little like flutter step and or kind of hop into the throw and not really step up and deliver but when he can do like a play action seven man protection it's just two receivers you know running a, a deep dig or something and going vertical and somebody taking the top off I and mean, he drops in a dime ball to Darnell Mooney or he'll hit Allen Robinson coming 25 yards over the middle or there was a third and 12 last week against the Raiders where the Raiders put like five defenders all at the first down markers and said, just throw it short. We dare you. And he fired it in between two of them collapsing on Darnell Mooney right at the first down marker. Like it was like the the coverage couldn't, there was nothing they could do about it. It just had to be a perfect ball and he got it. So like if the bears can unlock a few more of those and give him the time to get some of those off, that's how they get to those big plays. It's that explosive offense and, and maybe a turnover or two on defense to set some, set up some of those points for the offense. Yeah, the Packers, um, they have they have vastly improved their their pass rush. And Preston Smith is playing at a really high level. Rashawn Gary, the thing about Rashawn Gary is in the fourth quarter is when he's going to do a lot of his work because he plays 100 miles an hour every snap the entire game. And in the first quarter, he's not beating guys. In the third and fourth quarters, that's when he's getting these wins and he's creating pressure late in games. And so I, I'm I'm interested to see how the, the Bears offensive line can hold up. They have the issue with Jermaine Effetti. So... I'm I'm optimistic that Green Bay's defense can play well enough in this game. I have it in that in that sort of 23 to 17 kind of space. Um, I like the Packers in this game. Uh, what say you, Lauren? You know, it, it's so hard for me because, like, I don't think in all of our crossovers I've ever predicted a Bears victory over the Packers, and I certainly don't. I have, by the way. Yeah, I have. You, you have. And I, maybe, maybe once when Aaron Rodgers was hurt or something a couple of years. I mean, I, 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 that would be the only time I could think of if there was a time I did that. Twenty seventeen, like, maybe something like that. But I don't know. It's like. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are all that good. And the Packers struggled to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bears beat those same Bengals. And I realize there's, it's not always a one-to-one comparison there. But I, right. I feel like this is the worst 4-1 and Packers team the Bears have ever faced. Not that they're a bad team, but I don't think they're as stellar as we would typically think of a 4-1 and Packer team. And I think the Bears... The 2019 team was pretty mediocre, too, I'll, I think. I'll give you that. <laughs> but it's like, I, I think the Bears are... are 
playing better than their record and their numbers suggest right now. I think they just haven't needed to open things up all that much. But at the same time, it's so ingrained in me that, like, you can't reliably think you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers, especially when you have a rookie quarterback and it's still Matt Nagy and it's still schematically in it. It feels like the Packers always have that little edge up. So I, I just, logically, I can't bring myself to, you know, to make the homer pick. I, I'm going to go with Packers, but I think it's going to be really close and I think it's going to be a really fun game. But yeah, like a 21-17 where maybe maybe the Bears have the 17-14 lead in the fourth quarter and Aaron Rodgers gets the game-winning touchdown with 30 seconds left. I think it'll be a fun back and forth, but it's hard for me to not think number 12 is going to be on top. Oh no, it's Randall Cobb again. Um, <laughs> the coverage busts have happened on this secondary. It's not Chris Conte <laughs> anymore, but it's there's some there's some vulnerability there. I just double checked by the way. The Packers were four and one at one point in 2019. And that that was like that was the the team everyone was like, this is the most overrated 13 and 3 team ever. And it probably, you know, it's in the running, maybe. Uh they were not a 13-win team uh that year. But the, the Packers, the only four-win team in the league with a negative point differential. But guess what? The Bears point differential is worth. So um we uh we will see. It should be a great game. And I can't wait. We we don't we don't have to do this again for a long time. Um, and, and so these two teams will probably look very different the next time we talk. I look forward to all of that and always enjoy being out with you, man. Thanks again to Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Again, thank you for making Locked on Bears your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, and I hope you'll keep tuning in, keep following along, and we'll put a game plan together tomorrow for how the Bears can upset the Green Bay Packers and get a big divisional win. Then we'll come back next week, break down the game, go in-depth like you expect each and every week on the podcast. So I hope you'll keep following along, keep joining us each and every day on the podcast. And in exchange, I hope then in return, the podcast makes it a little bit easier for you to bear down.